As the world begins to emerge from the cave of the 21st century and opens its eyes onto the suffering from centuries of injustice and the bastardization of what it means to be free, the new Nomos podcast is a call. A call for a new beginning. A call for the new men and the new women that yearn to be truly free. A call for us to fulfill our destiny. A call for a new Nomos on the earth. Welcome to the New Nomos Podcast. I'm Abdallah Dutton, inviting you to join me on this journey of discovery to define what the New Nomos is and what we need to get there. In this episode, I wanted to try something a little bit different and rather than have an interview, have a conversation. And instead of having a conversation with one person, I wanted to have a conversation with two people to give the conversation a little bit more of a rounded feel and have like multiple perspectives on the same idea. So I contacted two of my close friends, Yusuf Perith, who one could define as a private chef, but is much, much, much more than that. And Khalid Vadio, who's a young man with great insight into the world and somebody that I've mentioned in a few previous episodes from the conversations and interactions I have with him on a regular basis. And so, without much further ado, I give you episode 6, Brave New World, Education versus Conditioning. What is the definition of education? Is education, is it going to school to learn to do a job and to do a task? Or, or is it learning how to master yourself and how to be the highest definition of yourself or, or is it a set of manners where you go through the world and you can have good interactions because you dream and proper and you you can have a courtesy with others i mean that thing of education what is education to start with so what is education well for me education is is is, is that is learning a, a learning how to live your life in the in the best possible way but that's highly subjective the best possible way because somebody might think that the best possible way they can live their life is the way that they've been told to live their life mm, yeah exactly so if, i mean if you go back to the greeks and the classical education they had something called eratas which uh, was the science of the self and was like to fit your higher self in every aspect instead of feeding the lower aspects of yourself so they learn about honor they learn uh, about all these different human qualities. It was basically a way of like knowing how to master yourself. And nowadays, if you go to university and you go to a school, you will be able to like perform a task, but you are still left out with a lot of questions of like who you are, where are you going, and all these existential questions that they don't really deal with any of that, you know. So it's an educated person, somebody who can do a task really well, or it's an educating person, someone that know who he is. And, and once you know who you are, you can recognize things on the others and you can behave in a particular way. I think there's two sides to that. 
in that a real true healthy education includes both because there's there is benefit in knowing how to do mathematical equations it does open a part of your brain yeah i think i think that i mean the the most classic proverb written on the front of plato's academy was know thyself that's what a student who's exactly. coming in for that's, the first time that's education. know thyself and that's the you most, know yourself no yeah know yourself so yeah. understanding yourself you know even if you're if you have a world-class technical education that gets you millions of dollars or huge success in in the world you see a lot of rich people successful people who have big problems with their mental health because they got thrust into something and they still don't know themselves maybe they get their ego blown up to the to the sky but they still don't know who they are and th that leads to an inevitable destruction but knowing who you are is the most fundamental part of of an education and and mastery of a skill will lead you to knowing yourself if you look at zen and like the zen masters under the banner of zen is not just kind of this buddhism and doing zazen and sitting silently in a room with the doors closed you know there's also you know the, the art of sword making the forging the the samurai sword or the samurai themselves and the zen practice of training with the sword or with the bow and arrow then you've got the tea ceremony you've got all these different kind of practices that the mastering of it is also uh um is a mastering of yourself and and i guess it's almost it's it's mastering a skill it's like the guild system right where you have the, whoever's the head of the guild is the sheikh is the master of that specific skill whether that's cooking or making pots or yeah i mean if you know yourself knowing yourself implies knowing where you stand in the world so if you know yourself i know in my being that i'm unable to stand up to confronting situations that's going to inevitably push you into learning the skills required to do that so other people may ignore though that part of themselves because maybe they're in denial they say i don't actually have a problem with this and then when once they're faced with a situation which brings that out of them all of a sudden now they're a deer in headlights but if you know yourself you're going to put your energy into building yourself in ways that get yourself an all-round education you're going to work on your weaknesses and you're going to seek out the knowledge that's that's going to help you up until this point i've been looking at knowing yourself as knowing who you are knowing what your purpose is knowing your strong points and where you should be going and what you should be devoting your time to right but this is really cool because it's like knowing yourself a big part of that is knowing your weaknesses and knowing where you are likely to make the wrong step or the wrong move or do something counterproductive and then from that point you can actively work towards strengthening that weakness or becoming better yeah and you can't live completely in an inner realm in inwardly you junger actually says that that's basically the the de facto position of a defeated person is you basically sink into yourself a victorious person or a person who's got confidence will do the same sort of inner journey but in the outward world so you can enact your own 
experiences, but while simultaneously doing things in the world. From this conversation, what I get is education is probably the, the cultivation and the refinement of your inward and your outward. So that, that would be education. Yeah, making them, making them one. Yes. That's why Achilles had uh, his, one of his teachers was a centaur who was half a horse and half human. Yeah. So he had almost the inward and the outward balance. Yeah, so it's a mastery of your passions and your intellect. <laughs> so now if you look at education in, 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 in modern times, like going away from the Greeks, now you go to the school and then you start learning you start learning how to function in society, you start learning a, a, a skill, you start learning things like that, but you, they don't really teach you how to master your passions, for example. Talking from a personal experience, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Spanish and I, and I grew up in Spain and I went to a public school, which is called uh, obligatory education. <laughs> so you are obliged to get this so-called education, but is what they're giving you a real education because uh, from my uh, experience uh, I did I didn't not find certain answers in the public education regarding myself and regarding the world and regarding creation and regarding all these other things what I like about this conversation so far is it's driving in my head towards having recently watched the series Brave New World based on the story of Aldous Huxley. And you see the different characters that live in this, I want to say, utopian town of New London. I mean, the female character, she's a scientist, right? She calls herself a scientist and she's sitting there in the lab. So she's had an education, you know, to become a scientist. And she's there looking through her scope at whatever genetic blob is going past and defining which rank it is, et cetera, et cetera. But there's just masses of them. there's hundreds of them, you know, so they're living in this kind of so called perfect world where everyone is happy. And this woman has been educated and is a scientist is in a as a prominent position in her rank of society. But what are they doing? They're doing something very menial and repetitive and just day in day out is the same thing, same thing, same thing. So when you talk about education like that that's what i'm hmm. what i'm seeing yes yeah i mean the that series brave new world they obviously um act out the the education and they show how how the the children are educated oh, yeah, in the in the thing in the series but during the actual series i think that that it's trying to basically show what um is the logical outcome of when modern education is taken to the furthest end of the spectrum away from what the Greek thing would be, which is to know yourself. So in that series, they're feeding children with Soma, which is a drug that calms them down, switches off their emotions, makes them feel good, and sets them into a, a sheep herd-like mentality and it just and it allows them to do what they technically have to do so she can be a scientist you can do all of these technical things without letting your passions get involved and as soon as your passions start rising to the surface they give them a soma they show in the education 
before the soma can work, what they do is they sort of prod the children with uh, with uh, cattle prods. So the, by the time you're older, you don't need a cattle prod, you just need a soma. In the book, they have to listen to, I think, 10,000 repetitions of certain things to get it really just drilled into their heads, certain maxims and certain... Uh, yeah, that's rules. something that in the book, I uh, in the in the movie, if you compare it to the book, I wish well in the series, I wish in the series they they made that a little bit more, uh, they dramatize it a little bit more and they bring it a bit more up, because I think it's a very important uh, element of the book. Is like throughout uh, repetitions, your subconscious uh, forms in a particular way. And, 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 uh, and the spring of that subconscious is setting ideas that comes to you that you think might be original ideas, but it's actually like planted in your subconscious. If you look at the modern world, I mean, if you look at any, uh, news channel or the radio or any, any media news seller, you know, is they always put this, this kind of keywords and, and, and key phrases. They're just constantly repeating and repeating and repeating. And I mean, and throughout time, you might have listened to the same thing maybe like 10,000 times and you don't even realize it. So I think that's a, a very important element is this thing there of the repetitions. There is a term for it in psychology, and I can't remember what the word is, but it's something to do with the synapses. Yeah. So if you, the brain creates pathways between like different new neurons, 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 yeah. neurons, I think it's neurons, right? neurons yeah. now if a, an electronic pulse passes between the two, but between those two points and it goes again and again and again, the synapses get stronger and stronger and stronger. So that pathway becomes more and more ingrained in your brain. But it's like those things that we do again and again and again and again it strengthens those synapses and that pathway becomes it goes from being like a little path to being a road and from a road to being a highway and then it's like that thing is pretty much ingrained in your yeah and if everyone is taking is is giving the same you know lines and the same uh, is the, yeah. they're planting the same seeds in everyone's subconscious then you have a society that basically is in functioning if what you said with the the people that gain success in the definition of financial success and have never really looked into themselves and they've never really dealt with their own ego and then they're getting confirmed outwardly by other people those synapses in their brain pathway is getting strengthened in not just from the inside but also from the outside and it's getting confirmed and confirmed and confirmed and confirmed and confirmed yeah i think i think that the modern understanding is that say if you have a spectrum between human beings in their on one side is their complete animal instinct and on the other side is a completely rational human who doesn't get affected by emotion who just uh, does the right thing that's the sort of that's the modern myth is that man is trying to get as close to that perfect creature but i i think in almost all well not all but in plenty of movies and plenty of media one of the big conflicts is when you have to do a rational thing but it doesn't feel right and then obviously in the happy ending they end up doing the thing which isn't the rational thing but ends up being fulfilling and they do what what they deep down 
goes against rationality, but it's the right thing to do. But in the modern understanding is that man is a spectrum between animal and rational man. But I would say that to be rational, all you really do is you end up layering over all of your animal urges with your own fantasy or your own justifications on how you live. So you will say that you're making this for the rational decision, but your rational decision, you've just found the correct way to put it to justify what you deep down really want to do. And that comes from a much more instinctual urge. Whereas Nietzsche, for example, he says that one of his uh, lines is that man is a rope between the animal and the overman. And the overman is more about the synthesis of your entire being into one driving nature. So you being able to harness all of your instinctual energy and use it in the way that you want to use it rather than having a whole bunch of different wirings in your brain going in different directions and and not really helping or ending up being self-destructive which a lot of people without good understanding of themselves end up in sort of self-sabotaging cycles from our point of view the rational being doesn't exist because all it is is just you taking a rational framework that you've been taught in school that you've been in, indoctrinated in in society and you building it over your own underlying foundations but the, those things come to the surface driving here in the car on the radio there was this conversation between the radio host and this girl i can't remember her name nicolette or something right now she was talking about this new book that she's written and it's called coco the money bunny i mean the name's already horrendous but anyways it's a children's book to educate children in financial literacy and the argument was that if you want to secure your wealth for the next generation, you need to already start teaching your children financial literacy so they know how to make money, how to spend money, how to save money, and then they put this the moral thing on top of it and how to donate money. So now you can be a good citizen as well. And 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 they were the, like the the host was so like amazed by this thing and this other person was again being confirmed in that what they're doing is so flipping great and i'm listening to it like are they serious you and then and then they're talking about how they're going to move it it's great that they're starting in a book because now this is literature you know and the children can read the book and that's good and i'm just thinking like this is so flipping upside down and then from the book they want to start creating uh, an animated series and so the kids can can become engaged with this figure coco the money bunny and um relate to this character i'm just thinking like this is just disgusting you know it's, that is the way the world's going and and this is being spoken of in such a high positive way and i'm like well from what i understood is what you're teaching the child is fear of provision and as muslims we know that our provision is guaranteed in the sense that you know you sit down to a meal you know you have the plate of food with a piece of lamb on it and everything in creation has aligned perfectly for that piece of meat to be on your plate and that's from the lamb that's been slaughtered that was a child of the mother and you know and this goes back th throughout time back to the first sheep and the first man and everything has been 
perfectly aligned so that that piece of lamb can end up perfectly cooked on your plate. That's a, an understanding of reality and existence which comes from wisdom. And that's not information. In the sense of information, you've got the child in America being shown a live chicken and a piece of packed chicken fillets and, uh, and being asked which one of these is a chicken. And they all they all point to the you know, perfectly packaged in cellophane chicken fillet. And it's a complete disconnect with the reality. You can watch something like Brave New World and you realize that this is not... I mean, when Aldous Huxley wrote the book in the 1930s, you can say it was prophetic because he had seen the, the trajectory of events and where it was going to lead us. And now when we watch it now in the 21st century, even with everything that's been removed from the actual book in the representation in the, scre in the screenplay and, in, and what we see on the TV, it's quite scary how close we are to the creation of New London. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a perfect uh, book and a perfect series as a, as a criticism to, to modern society. You know, I mean, it, it, it always starts with the abolition of the family and, and the mothers. So there is three rules in Brave New World that they embrace. It's uh, no family, no monogamy, and not privacy. So, I mean, the first one, no family. I mean, you see the modern situation and, uh, and how families are nowadays. Um, I mean, I don't know what's the percentage of divorces and, and broken families, but I think it's predominant. <laughs> So now the family is being abolished. Yeah, they they want your your loyalty to be to the state before any anybody else. Mm. So they want you rather than looking to your family for any problem, the state will have the solution for you. Whether that's healthcare, you can go to a bank and get or banks private, but you go to a bank and you get a loan if you need money that generates money for the system, keeps the whole thing turning. If you have a problem with someone, you go to the police before anything. So it's it creates an impersonal... They, they want to destroy personal attachments because the system is designed so that you go towards cogs in the system before you go towards your personal relationships. So in that sense, it's in the best interest of the system that you have less personal relationships. Yeah, I mean, the, the family unit is a protection. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the modern state tries to have safety as the most important function of the state. So anything that keeps people safe is in the best interests of anyone living in that state. So they want a situation where there is no violence, where there is no, no problems, no traffic accidents, no anything anything that could possibly do you harm needs to be eliminated and being a rational person is posited as the way that you get that to happen so everyone is fed this myth that by being rational you know if everyone obeys the rules we get to a point where safety is guaranteed but you can't guarantee safety but people still think that okay, coronavirus, for example, if everyone wears the mask and everyone practices social distancing, we're going to get to a point where there is no virus because everyone is doing their part. And the failings of the state is the failings of the people who can't be rational. So that's why you have a lot of people turning on each other because they think I'm doing my part to be rational 
or I'm doing my part to obey the rules, why can't you? You're ruining it for everyone. And that's where people turn on each other and put the state as as their protector rather than having faith in something higher than that. And the state doesn't guarantee anything because in many cases the state is much more fantasy than anything. People have an idea of what the state in its perfect circumstance with everything running perfectly would do, but the state is it's not it's not a perfect watch like if you have a if you open up a watch and you have all the cogs turning perfectly, the state is usually a whole apparatus of bureaucracy which loses efficiency in every single movement through it. Yusuf, you mentioned three things from Brave New World. You said first, the first one was the no family. No right? family. What was the next one? No monogamy. Yeah, basically like your body belongs to everyone else and everyone else's body belongs to you and basically to say no to to someone because you want to be exclusive with a person is almost a crime or no, there is something I think, wrong I think, with you. I think the underlying message behind that I mean that's more of a, a modern thing that romantic love is the sort of the the pinnacle of human emotional experience if you can see what Huxley is trying to say by that is that not allowing the passions to rise up and dominate your life because obviously romantic love is the thing that completely throws all your rational thoughts out the window you know but there's other forms of that i mean you have this what was that book the art of loving where he basically puts a whole bunch of different love examples i mean there you have uh, parent and child love you have sibling love you have um brotherhood love or friendship or just different uh kinds of love which um i would say implicitly in the series all of those are looked down upon you know unless it's the love of the person towards the state or to the proper functioning of society yeah this also it, it, it's also the the power that brings to have two people together that are loyal to one another you know yeah and exactly they will be like more loyal to one another that they will be loyal to the state for example i mean i'm only going in that direction because in that book eric from he basically says that the highest form of love is love of everything or love of the divine so if you can't love everything you can't yeah but the thing is this they, they say no monogamy that's imply not not marriage so two people cannot have an alliance of their own outside the state you know yeah, that's because, that's the important that thing that would put loyalty against the state yeah or that would put your loyalty above like, the state above the state exactly. also marriage as a practice is a political act you know it's a joining of families clans etc etc and is a confirmation of inheritance now when you remove marriage from society there's a whole part of the social body which crumbles and it comes back to that thing yeah it's family. a decline in your personal rule you know and you mentioned divorce and divorce rates going through the roof but again one has to look at the the practice of marriage has been wiped out marriage isn't what it was before now marriage is about having this kind of hollywood love affair that has this happy ending where your happy ending is the wedding it's the same in every rom-com 
the end of the story is they got married and that's it. But that's only the beginning. If you want to like go through the through the beginning of the series, like, okay, so you have this utopian society where the kids are born with no mothers to start with. They are they have been uh, fecundated in the lab, and the fetus grows up in jaws. And then when the fetus is ready, they just take it out of the jaw, and there you have a human. Now the second step is uh, what should be education which is actually not education it's a conditioning of like how to act in society and yeah for me again like the public education that you have in europe nowadays is more of a conditioning than an education itself it's not just in the field of education and i think that's something important just to put in there because it's a, like you, we were talking about the repetition of things now it's something that there is without doubt a conditioning that happens in school at the school level there's no doubt that conditioning happens in the school environment conditioning also happens very much in the family environment conditioning happens in your social environment and now we're living in a world where we're being thrown with images all the time so conditioning is happening every time you open your phone and you go on instagram every time you open the news you're being fed a story with a certain narrative if you look at the words being used it's very clear you can see it it's you know it's it's not a neutral look at an event you've got the news you've got tv you've got film you've got all of these different medium that are being used to condition the public I also I also think that one of the biggest things in modern education which is just thrown away nowadays is physical training because physical training unless you're going into situations where you, at the very least the threat of injury is there you don't know what how you're going to react and obviously the the furthest form of that is where you is possibility of you dying but you have things where being being in in trouble being in danger makes you see who you are because when there's the possibility of of you being in danger that is either you push into it or you embrace it and you find out who you are so without a modern education in fighting or modern education in what I did when I was growing up I played rugby yeah. playing rugby you have to put your head down and make tackles or if not your whole team kind of looks at you like get this guy off the field you know <laughs> like you have to be able to do your part and knuckle up and and do what's necessary and face yourself and face your fear because until you've done it a few times you're going to be scared until you know yourself and you have confidence in yourself you're going to be scared one of the sports which is very interesting for that is surfing because surfing you're up against the ocean and when you surf you're taking your own body we use of surf a lot more than i do but he'll he'll know that um what can you do against the ocean which you're never going to win in a pure fight against the ocean so it's it's more about you learning to understand the the the, the way the world works what what can what what can one get in an education through surfing Oof, i don't know i mean you get a lot because first you are like as you say you are unprotected you are basically naked i mean you have your wetsuit like 
takes a little bit of the coal off or whatever, and then you have to go into the ocean with your board. Now, I don't know, the ocean can be a representation of almost life, you know? When you go into life, there is a, there is uncertainty, you know what I mean? And through your courage, first, you need the courage of like getting into that water and probably it's going to be cold. You don't know if there are sharks or not. So first you have to understand that you are alone <laughs> by yourself because even though there is other surfers around or wherever, the chances for them to help you if you are in a hard situation is, is quite difficult. <laughs> so you are, put, uh, you are putting yourself in danger by yourself, you know, and, and you have a challenge that you have to overcome which is like the waves coming towards you and, and you have to try to escape from being drowned. That's, that's to start with. So you do face your fears, you know, you have to like face your fears. You have to man up. You have to like, uh, put yourself in a difficult situation. And then when you are able to like relax in the water and like, kind of like be comfortable a little bit and, and, and feel that you are overcoming these fears, then you can you can try to think about like catching a wave you know and, and for that you have to learn where to be and and what moment you have to be there because it's very like the the, the time is is very important because you have to be in the right place at the right time in order to take off and and catch the wave and to conquer the ocean you know or to conquer yourself and being able to have that uh, relationship with the ocean and then all these fears and all these uh, difficulties that you had before, now they culminate into something that it just makes you positive. Uh, you know, instead of like being afraid, now you are like happy and you are like you know enjoying what you're doing and and yeah, and you just get that joy and that thrill of life. You know, but if you don't put yourself in that situation of danger and that situation of uncertainty and that situation of being naked and having to deal with all that, then you don't get the reward that is something delightful, you know, and, yeah. and something really pleasant. To no, and I, th I think definitely with sports, the, the degree to which you're putting yourself in a elevated state of awareness, and that usually comes with how dangerous it is. I mean, you can also put yourself into sports where it's you versus someone else, which is more, uh, you're, you're conquering yourself, but you're also going one-on-one -on -one against someone else so it's 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 more there's there's different variations in the well, sport my, my variation is polo which i dabbled in for a while i mean well look i contacted a, a polo coach because I, I had this dream that i wanted to play polo and at one point I, I was able to contact this coach and i phoned him and he and he, on the on the phone he's like yeah you know we're doing we're i'm doing training i just need to ask you first of all are you right-handed because you have to play polo right-handed i said yes sam he says okay cool he said uh come on tuesday at such and such a time but just one thing i have to advise you is do not tell your insurance company i was like well it doesn't really matter because i don't have insurance anyway but from the get-go it was very clear that this is something that is extremely dangerous you know eventually i go and i have a few personal one-on-one -on -one lessons with the with the coach and then he invited me to play what they call educational trackers which is polo at a very low level in the sense that i was literally playing with you know seven eight nine year old children among other adults but there were some children there who obviously were much better than me 
while engaging in this world, there was one experience that I had where I'd hit the ball and I'm galloping after the ball and I look back and there's nine horses behind me, seven other players and the two umpires at full gallop chasing after me while I'm galloping towards the ball, lifting up my mallet, leaning off the horse in order to hit the ball and it's just like this you, the adrenaline rush is insane the sound the sound of all of these hooves just beating against the earth and and also i mean it's also like the earth that's being pulled up by the horses so you look back and you see like i mean there's a visual thing it's an audio thing it's like you're in your your heart's pumping there's you know just adrenaline overload and it's a sport it's a game you're playing a game with a team against others and at that moment i realized that this is the closest that modern man can get to cavalry warfare. It reminded me of the, there was a discourse that was given and the, the, the Sheikh was talking about, uh, what's the surah called? Daban. Well, Adiyad. And that Daban is the sound. Well, the, the surah, which is the, the, the cavalry charge. I think it's the cavalry charge or something like that. And the word, I remember him talking about the word Daban. Is like the sound the horses make. So it's like, and Allah swears by th- this event of the, the the cavalry charge and the horses and the sound they make and this daban and it's boom 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 and it's really quite something. And when and the moment when the horse stops and you go flying over <laughs> flying over the horse's head, and at that point you're like, if this horse tramples over me, it could be game over. Again, it's that. <laughs> That you 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 see and you taste and you feel the majesty. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, just that that isn't provided. Pretty much all of these sports, if you look in in modern society, that's only really for the the people who have money who get to play these kind of sports. You know, so it's it's already just sort of pushed out of the reach of most people unless they're trying to educate themselves with genuine danger. You know, like. You know, there's street gang warfare, and that's that's also. I mean, that's. I'm sure that there's there's a profound education in in having to grow up in a place with in in the middle of a war or in just in a really like bad neighborhood. Of course, because it's it's facing up to death and facing up to your own mortality and facing up to the fact that we only have so much time on this planet. I mean, going back to, to Brave New World and this kind of society, utopian society, wants to avoid that at any cost, wants to avoid facing up to yourself, wants to avoid facing up to what's moving inside of you, your, your emotions, your feelings, however you want to call it. It's, uh, it's basically you have to switch off the light inside of you in order to be in this society. Yeah, and you have to switch off the capacity to draw from yourself something that you didn't know was there. And only by putting yourself into situations like that, you actually find out what is there. Because we are capable of so much more than we're, than we're, than we think we are. I mean, when I was, I started playing rugby at 12 years old, the first two years was pretty scary, pretty like running away from a lot of, contact you know the one of the first things the coaches would tell us is that the harder you go into a tackle the less it hurts and it took me about two years before I actually internalized that before I actually had done it 
I kept on playing games. You know, a lot of people quit after a year or so. You know, <laughs> don't get that lesson and just go on with their lives. But if you persevere and you keep on doing it, then at some point you just draw upon yourself in the moment that you need to and you realize like, okay, actually, no, I, I, I have to tackle this guy who's probably twice my size. And if I don't, then that's not an option. <laughs> so you do it and then you realize what you're capable of and then it builds the confidence and you grow. But like without putting yourself into those situations, which now I'm basically for me, it's I'm, I feel like I'm too old to play rugby. So now I found doing jujitsu is a similar opportunity that I can put myself in that situation without a constant reattachment to the the dangers of life. You're not going to know who you are, and you can, especially in today's society, you just switch off after a, a couple months of not having access to that. So in the in Brave New World, whenever they find themselves in the any kind of situation where it's a little bit uncomfortable, they immediately pop this pill and it's done really well. That's one thing that's done really well. Yeah, in the, the click. Series. You know, they, they've got their little device, they click their Soma pill and they take it. So you are conditioned to function in, in a civic space and you are given the skills to do a task. That's, and then the product of that is a, is a functional human being that uh, can carry on a task but is not fulfilled like you can see well, i wouldn't even say it's a functional human being or it's a human being that can 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 do a function <laughs> it's not fulfilled so the what comes out of their schools is a human being that doesn't know anything about themselves they do know how to do a skill they do know how to be in a, in, a, in a civic place without creating chaos or without alarming anyone. But when, uh, when they look inwards, they know there is something lacking. And every, everybody knows there is something lacking in the brave new world society, but nobody knows how to express it and nobody wants to hear you know, what's wrong with other people. And what's wonderful is all it takes is one person to come with a different psychology, just to see the world differently, and just to speak their authentic truth from being raised outside of this arena. And all it takes is one person speaking authentically for the whole thing to come crumbling down. Hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, before that, like, yeah, I mean, we mentioned the education and we mentioned like these are like humans that can <laughs> perform a function in society but they feel unfulfilled. There are feelings that arrive within themselves that they don't know how to manage. So the solution that they take is to avoid it through this drug that they, they have that is called Soma. I mean, it used to be translated, I think, as probably alcohol, which was the most common drug that everybody used to like push the emotions and, and wherever the fears away with it. But nowadays, I mean, we have like much more modern and sophisticated drugs that when uh, Huxley wrote the book and nowadays we have Prozac and we have Xanax and we have all these things that people are taking to avoid 
themselves. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, what in the movie made very clear, everybody is afraid to confront themselves. And when they look for help outside, nobody can understand them and nobody wants to hear what the problems is because everybody wants to keep the stability of the civic order. Yeah, and you, you're encouraged not to spend too much time alone where your anxieties Yes, distraction. Distraction is, a, is another form of soma. You know, you are in your telephone, you are in Instagram, you are like consuming things that uh, are stopping you from sitting with yourself and facing yourself and facing who you are. Now, at this point, I want to switch it around and we can see that from what Huxley and this new representation of A Brave New World shows us. So this is extremely unhealthy. So what then is the the healthy way forward. So what are both of your personal calls to action to people who are listening to this? So given that Huxley has painted a picture which is very rapidly becoming a reality for us in the world we live in, to varying degrees and in the different topics that we touched on, what should we be doing as human beings in this time to start moving ourselves towards a much more wholesome and beneficial future well to begin with you have to stop taking your soma like in the film in the series there is a point where the emotions are coming out and instead of like going and taking the soma pill that will take the emotions away the characters in the series decide i'm not gonna take it and i'm gonna see what happens and i'm gonna sit with myself and i'm gonna sit with the pain and i'm gonna try to understand where is this coming from and, and why so, I mean, to begin with, <laughs> you have to stop taking the soma, you know. You have to let these emotions play out and try to master these emotions, you know, yeah. instead of like trying to postpone everything for another time, you know. And to meditate or just to submit to your feelings. Yes, to look, to look to, to, to look yourself, inside. To look inside, I mean, to look you, to yourself. If you have genuine, I mean, the, the Sufi thing is that once you have genuine self-knowledge, then you, it opens up the whole of existence to you so you you know that you will get there but you have to have a genuine desire and you have to be sincere and you have to know that that who you are or who you could be at the end of that journey is worth it rather than to say i'm happy with my current situation which no one is but because of how social media or, or how the world portrays it people think that if they just persevere there is a sort of a, a better state that they can still get to without ha actually having to go through this difficult internal journey. Mm. Facing the music. You have to, you have to know yourself. So this episode really just touched the surface of Brave New World and the idea of education versus conditioning. There was a lot in it and there is so much more both in the book of Aldous Huxley and this television serial adaptation that was released, I think, last year or the year before. So I'd advise you definitely to watch the series. It's probably the easier way to go, but also get hold of a copy of Brave New World and really delve into it. Aldous Huxley came before George Orwell, and his Brave New World, I personally believe, goes beyond... Orwell's 1984. And it really is, in many ways, quite prophetic. I mean, he saw what was coming, he outlined it, and I think just reading the book, seeing his fantasy 
projected future, living in our time is really quite an eye-opener. And it shows us and it reminds us that what's happening around us is a product of everything that's happened prior to it. So definitely get hold of a copy of Brave New World. I've put the link in the description and find a way of watching this series because it is done well. Thank you once again for listening and I'll be back with the next episode on the hero's journey in film and screenplay. Thank you.